What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And we are finally back with a brand new episode of Spread the Dread, Joe. I know, it's been too goddamn long, y'all. Yes, very, very much too long, but as we explained, if you follow us on our social medias, which you totally should be, and if you're listening to this and you don't follow us on social media, you don't fucking deserve us. <laughs> but it's that time of year. November's a really busy month. We, yeah. we had a couple of birthdays to deal with. Of course, the whole Thanksgiving, that's where we celebrate that the white people won if you live outside of America. <laughs> you don't uh, know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, but we've, we've been busy doing that. Joe's been crushing it at nursing school, but we got the notes together and we thought, man, everyone's been showing us so much love while we've been gone, Joe. Yes. Yes. Everybody's really active. Thank y'all so much for the support and, uh, the frequent messages I get between, uh, IG and Snapchat. Um, and thank you guys for the encouragement. I really do appreciate it. Yes. Don't worry. We're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. We. It, this is to ensure we don't go anywhere because, <laughs> you know, I, I work full time. Joe's a full time nursing student. We got two kids. You motherfuckers don't buy enough merch. So, you know, like <laughs> this is what we have to do. But, you know, it's good to be back. Uh, the numbers are still crushing it. Yeah. A lot of we got a lot of new people coming in. They're, I think also like uh, maybe they're thirsting for a new episode. We have a lot of people that are like going back through like old episodes too, and I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, and there's like, def- one day like Fritz Honka got like hit hard. I was like, hey, oh the Hamburg hooker that's hacker. Hacker. That's a great one right yeah. there. And then we got like a lot of new people coming in, and you guys are tearing through our entire catalog. We see you in the stats, and we appreciate you, and you're glad you're here. Um, so let's, let's get to the business real quick, Joe. Mm -hmm. If they're new here or they forgot or they're drunk, like your, your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts (laughs) here are, where is the best place to access all things spread the dread related? Spread the dread podcast.com. What are they going to find there, Joe? You're going to find direct links to the most popular streaming services, as well as our donations, as well as our merchandise. And our social media, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we don't do Twitter because YouTube, BitChute. Yes, all that. Honestly, stuff. support us more on BitChute. Fuck you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Watch what you want to watch. None, none of it's monetized, and it's just a place where you can get the audio. File. We don't. We don't film this shit live yet. Maybe that'll be a goal for 2022. We will see. But yes, that's spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And of course, you can hit us up via email if you don't want to do that at spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And don't forget while you're over there, if you're an Apple user, you have an exclusive opportunity to get a free five-star super spreader spread the dread sticker by going onto the podcast app for Apple and leaving a five-star review with some good shit uh, posted down there below. Then you reach out to us on Facebook, IG, or Gmail and give uh, post give us a screenshot of your review and a mailing address, and we'll send you those free stickers out. Um, one final piece of business, Joe, before we get going. We got a promo swap. Yes. We love doing the promo swaps. And this is from uh, some friends of ours uh, down under. Where they, Australians where, and us get along so fucking well. I'm telling you, it's because right? we, we swear so much. And I think people can smell the alcohol when they listen to this podcast. I just want an excuse to say crikey. I respect <laughs> any culture that uses the word cunt as a term of endearment. Uh, so yes, we do. yes, absolutely. <laughs> so once a day we call each other cunt. So. Yep. And these cunts on this promo swap 
They're called, and I swear to God, if this is an Australian uh, word and I butcher it, I do, what? You, I got you, it. You know how to pronounce it? Yes. Okay, do it. Baganabi extinction. Yes, and yes. They, they are the self-professed, I've listened to a few, I believe them, but you should check them out so you can believe them too. They're the self-professed greatest Australian horror comedy series ever, so I'm going to roll that promo for you right now. Coming up next... The Spread the Dread podcast, proudly supported by the Boganobby Extinction, the exciting new Australian horror comedy podcast, available now on all major streaming services. You're on the Mickey and Ricky Radiothon Spectacular as part of this year's Bog FM Bogtober Station fundraiser. Stay tuned, and your regular arts man promises the show has a dick spear. Oh, for Max. A dick spear? What the fuck would you want with a dick spear? Dick spear limbo. Dick spear bobo. Dick spear rollerblading. By the end of this Radiothon, there'll be shit zombie. Shit zombie. I'd rather take my chances with the shit zombie. That shit zombie just exploded. There's shit zombies all around your truck. Crikey, doesn't that sound like fun? Visit www.theextinction.org for more information. And now, it's time to spread the dread. So once again, that was, Joe, how do we pronounce it? Baganabi. The (laughs) Baganabi. I'm sure they, Baganabi. (laughs) Extinction. The Baganabi Extinction. From our good friends, uh, they come from a land down under. Yeah, and you can check them out on IG. Uh, the Baganabi. Now that's spelled B-O-G-G-A-N-O-B-B-I extinction. And you can also check out their website, theextinction.org. It's an organization of drunk Australian people putting together what they claim to be the greatest Australian horror comedy series. I'm I was always what- under the impression that all Australians just were drunk. And I'm cool with that because that's why I want to come and visit and drink with Australians. Uh, Australia is literally where if, if there is a God, he dumped everything that like didn't pass the muster. <laughs> like if there was a review board on his creations and shit was weird. And I don't think he meant people to live there. That's why it's segregated <laughs> off. Like I don't but, know. Some of those pictures, of those fucking spiders, has me like really not cool with. Their going spiders are fucking huge. Plate I, spiders. I, I still haven't been able to figure out if drop bears are a real thing. <laughs> and if you don't know about drop bears, check that shit out. Um, koalas are insanely cuddly, but I hear they're one of the most vicious bears. <laughs> I want to hug one, but it's gonna fuck me up. Right? <laughs> like, can you can you see God being like, get this? It's cuddly as shit. Look at this thing. Look how adorable it's it is. Adorable. It only eats this type of tree, which is also something that we're going to put in cough drops to help out my humans. But, and here's the twist. They're vicious as fuck. And I think maybe... Boom, drops Dude, mine. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Somewhere between the koala bears being vicious, whatever the goddamn fuck a platypus is, and maybe the Tasmanian tiger... I think that's when Satan was like, I've had enough. I've, I've, I've had fucking up. This guy is literally drunk with power. Like he's really got to stop. He's got to stop hitting the sacramental, uh, you know, wine. wine and shit like that. But yes, again, that's the Baganabi extinction. They are fucking great guys. They are the nicest bunch of cats 
You'll fucking know, and you definitely need to check that shit out. They are spread the dread approved <laughs> for whatever the fuck that may actually mean at this fucking point. But you're listening to the show, so, you know, whatever. Joe, you ready to get into this? Yes, let's do this shit. This it's been episode, too long. Yes, it is, and I wanted to get right into it. This episode, as you know, unless you just clicked on it and didn't read anything, which I don't, a lot of our That's people can't not read. good. <laughs> I know, there's a lot of our fans out there that have smartphones and they do dumb shit. Um, but this episode <gasps> is, oh, what? But I forgot to say, um, just quick shout out. Oh, God. So, okay, yeah. So here we go. I my, finally in, in, got what I wanted. In my pursuit to hurry up and get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. This is John talking. This is the bad guy here. But no, someone had to finally send Johanna nudes on our Snapchat. Yay. So we're going to, this is going to take a few minutes. Joe, the floor is yours. I won't share her name because she asked me not to, but I just wanted to personally thank her for sending wonderfully glorious pictures, uh, nude pictures of her behind. Thank you so much. They, they're they very appreciated. She did have back. I'll give her that. Yes. 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 And it was gothic-y. Yeah. Murdery back, yes. which is the best kind of back, honestly. If you've, yes. got, if you've got a booty with some blood on it, Send that shit. <laughs> so thank you, Anonymous. I very much appreciate those so, pictures. So what is the Snapchat? Because again, I don't even have it on my phone. Yeah, no, you don't. It's, it's all, it, it, and honestly, like if you go, because you have to do, the, where you, you have to like make an avatar. It's <laughs> Joe's face. I remember yeah. the first time I looked at it, I was like, well, why is it your face? And she was like, well, it's on my phone. <laughs> and I'm the one requesting nudes. And I went, touche, there's a lot of guys requesting nudes. So this will make us stand out a little bit more. But what is it on there? It's just at STD podcast because our name is usually way too long. So it's just STD podcast. Hit me up. I don't give a shit. She's going to show them to me. She showed me those. If you, I mean, I don't, I don't have it on delicious. my phone. I don't have it on my phone, but you know, we, yeah. I mean, I, you, you, I think you people know that. <laughs> Joe and I are fucking freaks. Yeah. So if you think you're going to send gothic ass pics to my lovely wife and she's not going to be like, babe, stop changing our child or ignore his cries and look at this booty. You are wrong. He, she, z, they, them. Because we love you all. But yeah, so if you, if you, it, the, the cherry's been popped. So if you were like, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to send them because like, I'm not like, I'm not like a real slut. Like, but like, I'm just like a low key slut and I don't want to be the first one. Uh, the, 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 the floodgates are open. So feel free. And dudes, feel free if you want to send a fucking, like a fucking hanger pick to her too and let fucking don't teach her a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so Joe got her first nudes on Snapchat. So yes. thank you to the lovely I'm, lady. And I do mean lovely who sent those. Yes, yes. And I'm sorry for der- derailing everything. But yes, let's just jump right in. Right. So this episode, Joe, our comeback episode, well, not comeback. Don't call it a comeback. What? Uh... <laughs> It's we're we're finally sober enough, and enough of the holidays have passed for us to do it. Is about the Ken and Barbie killers, Mister Paul Bernardo, and that deceitful fucking cunt, Carla Hamalka. And if you're like Mizey, calling the guy Mister and the girl a cunt because he's sexist, well, uh, duh. You'll yeah, find out. I am, but she deserves it. 
Yeah. She is oh, an absolute bitch twat. So <laughs> let's jump into because this is waffle. this is gonna be kind of like the Fred and uh, Rosemary West episode. Yeah. We gotta we gotta give you the bio background before these two fucking lock horns and. Mm-hmm. Paul Bernardo definitely has the background worth exploring prior to linking up with Carla Hamulka. And in true spread the dread fashion, Joe rolled out that beautiful bio like only you know how to do. Yes, sir. So, um, Paul Kenneth Bernardo was born August 27th, 1964 in Scarborough, Ontario. So, yes, we're ca- talking about some fucking Canadians Yeah, now. so anytime someone's just like, well, you know, Canada's just like that night. No, 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 dog. no. Canada's got <laughs> fucked up people. Too. Now, obviously, they're fucked up white people. And as a white man, I could say that. It's not offensive when I say that white people are fucked up, but if you say that white people are fucked up, that's stereotyping and it's racism and I take offense to it and... (laughs) But yeah, Joe, go ahead. He is currently 57 years old and he's housed in the Millhaven Institution in Bath, Ontario. His father, Kenneth, sexually abused Paul's sister and was charged with child molestation in 1975 for fondling another young girl. He's so coming he from good get, stock. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. Good stock. He's got, oh, he's got yeah. a strong... This is... I mean, good the God. The genes are strong in this family. What are we, we're like in the mid-20s on our episodes now, right? Uh, Some, as far as just the mainline episodes, we're somewhere in the 20s. I don't I have know. No we don't have that info idea. in front of us right yeah. now because we're drinking and there's yep. a computer on and there's microphones and there's <laughs> nothing more American than that. So, but, but, but I mean, honestly, like you just like, oh, there's the problem. Absolutely. Dad, daddy's fucking doing incest shit and messing around with girls in the neighborhood. But Joe, mm-hmm. tell us about Paul's mother. Yeah, so his mother was depressed by this and actually resorted to living in the basement of Paul's childhood home. So she essentially just kind of just pulled herself out of the situation, was like, I'll handle it on my own. And left, I guess, left him to just figure it out on his own. I love that she's like, I don't know what goes on upstairs. Yeah. I don't concern myself with that. And you know what? Big ups to Paul's mom for putting, I mean, technically she put herself in the doghouse. She let him do that. And she was like, no, no, you know what? You're fucked up. I'll sleep on the couch. Mm, The basement couch. You know, the one that's kind of smelly a little bit. It's always moist. (laughs) You know, even, you know, know, moist. 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 Yes. Well, um, Paul yeah, was, yeah, Paul was described as a very happy and handsome child. He was well-mannered, polite, and excelled in school. So this lets you know, highly intelligent, fucked up situation. What does that equate to? You That's s- addition. Yeah, you, you said happy, handsome, mannered, polite, and excelled at school. I got one of those and as less- a child. Yeah. And you know what? I, <laughs> if you've seen pictures of me, you know it's not happy or handsome. I could be well-mannered, but that was mostly because I had a Southern mother with a back fist like a goddamn UFC fighter. Uh, so, And that, that handled the politeness, too. I excelled in school. And I was chubby and funny, so there was a lot of girls who woke up the next morning going, what did I do? And I'm like, I know, but you consented. I'm sorry. I told so many good jokes. I, I know you're not going to call me, but feel free. Terrible. <laughs> hey, no. I, that's, you know, everyone gets their notches in their bed post in their own manner. Don't, don't fucking hate the play or hate the game. All right, we're not going to jump that, down that rabbit hole. That so. is a rabbit hole. It's a narrow <laughs> rabbit hole, no pun intended. Oh, my God. Casey. <laughs> With your judging lesbianness. 
You didn't think I was? You thought I was going to spend another episode and not call you out, Casey? You are fucking wrong, ma'am. But yes, let's get back to let's get now. Now, Paul, he gets into his teens here, yeah, Joe. Yeah, he gets into his teens, and Paul's twisted sexual fantasies, uh, fantasies came to life as he was alleged to humiliate women publicly and physically assault his girlfriends. So seeds. More seeds are getting planted here. Yes, we, we yes, there, yeah, there's a lot of breadcrumbs <laughs> leading to a fucked and th- and and there's a reason they're called the Ken and Barbie killers. If you think for a second, I mean, Paul, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gay. I mean, when I'm drunk, <laughs> I am open, <laughs> not literally, but. Paul Bernardo, Joe, he he reminds me of, like, Zach from fucking Saved by the Bell. Like, you know this dude had several crop top sweatshirts and nice fucking short umbro soccer shorts. You know those the kind? Yeah. Right? Where, like, oh you know, you, at any given moment, like, a, a testicle could flop out and it looks like he's sat in hairy gum. But he's got the, you know... You, you know what I'm saying, I didn't need though. that fucking visual, though. Well... Ugh. Unlike Casey, you've seen balls. And actually, Casey has too. She's a reformed lesbian. She, she gave up on men. And I don't blame her if you, you know, if you so see some well stuff ahead we do. Of my curve. Yes, 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 yes. Casey is your future. Uh, but yeah, I love you, so, Casey. I'm sorry. She knows. I, I, everyone, everyone who's new here is like, who's Casey? You have to know. Casey is old school dreadhead. Yeah, she's definitely OG dreadhead. And she's gay as shit, and we fucking love her, so I have to tease her. But at the age of 16, Joe, Paul's mother actually made a confession to him. She confessed, and who would have thought this kind of thing would have happened while your husband's up there, you know, fucking Diddling. diddling your fucking daughter and touching neighborhood girls. Paul's mother told him joe that he was actually the offspring of an extra marital affair surprise surprise whore what a harlot <laughs> but i mean you know miss to mrs bernardo like the fact that you only had an extra marital affair and just decided Once. that well, Supposedly. no, no, <laughs> nobody's nobody's that good of a name um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but but this Joe, this actually enraged Paul Bernardo, um, uh-huh. who th- he actually started to openly verbally abuse his mother. So yeah. his mother, I guess, trapped in this or feels trapped in this life. She's got a husband who's a fucking incestual pedophile, and now a son that when she tried to fucking get something off her chest is now treating her like garbage. She's treating other women like garbage. She basically had a doppelganger for her husband, essentially. I I feel bad for Mrs. Bernardo. So after all this, Joe, uh, he ends up graduating and he uh, he attended the Sir Sir Wilfred Laurier Collegiate Institute in Scarborough. And he went to the University of Toronto in Scarborough and Paul began working for Amway. Okay. What the fuck is Amway? Isn't that the, that's the, the, the trains, right? Okay, that's what I thought. I can't remember. Or, no, that's Amtrak. Okay. 
Maybe it's a subsidiary. I don't know. If you know what Amway is, Amway hit us up. Like Spread the Dread Podcast scheme. at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook. And, you know, if you're fucking Canadian, you can be like, oh, I know what Amway is. Hey, here's what it so is. So I think and- it's say Okay, so it says it's sales. He deeply bought into the sales culture and spent hours pouring over books and tapes from motivational um, uh, like lectures and get rich and famous like quick you know, schemes and authors and all that kind of shit. So I'm assuming that Amway is like one of those like pyramid scheme kind of sales things. Cause like I recognize Amway from like hearing it and reading it, but I really think that's one of them. He's like, it's not a pyramid scheme. It's a trapezoid. (laughs) Like, one of those kinds of shit. <laughs> or, like, he's, like, the kind of guy who would read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then uh. suddenly go into, like, that Chapman guy who read Catcher in the Rye and saw Taxi Driver and said, I've got to cap John Lennon. <laughs> like, he's that, like, that's Paul Bernardo. He got really, or he would, like, jerk off to fucking live feeds of Tony <laughs> Robbins. You know oh, what God. I'm saying? Just be like, I'm so goddamn motivated right now. <laughs> You know, but uh, but yeah, that was him. And and Paul would actually use these techniques, yeah. Joe, to pick up women in his area, and that led to a whole other can of bean mm-hmm. or cannot can of beans. Well, if you're from the Boganabi thing, those motherfuckers down under love baked beans. So, baked a can of baked beans, or if you live in the rest of the civilized world where God didn't put his fucking reject animal projects, <laughs> opened a can of worms that started Joe. In May of 1987. Yep. So from May of 1987 to July 1990, Paul Bernardo was involved in more than a dozen known rapes and attempted rapes in and around the Scarborough, Ontario area. Yes. He would often stalk his victims, usually after they got off buses, you know, late in the evening, you know, probably getting off of work, whatever. So on May 4th of 1987, 21-year-old uh, woman in front of her. So I will say this. Hold on, hold on. I, w- I want to preface what you're about to do uh, yeah. because we've got the list of them. And to be fair, this kind of carries over a little bit into when he runs into Carla Hamolka. But, but let us get to the end of this because I, I, I think it's very important, especially with where we end up going to see the pattern to that, highlight it. Yeah. Yes, Paul was already committing. And it's just, it's I, I'm telling you, these Paul and, and Carla are the Canadian Fred and Rose West. Yeah. Like yeah. why? Like if the, this is the kind of thing where it's just like, if you tell me there's a God, I have some questions. Why the fuck did the were these two fucking lunatics even fucking born uh. on the same side of the globe as each other, let alone like not too far away where they would fucking interact. But yes, Joe, take us, start us off on May 4th of 1987. Yeah, so a 21-year-old woman in front of her parents' house? Yes, I, yes, he raped her in front of the parents' house. Now, again, you guys know us. We love to drink, we love to talk our shit, but we also love to research. So when I'm bringing this stuff here, that's what the details are. Um... I would. It could have been in a car. I don't know if he he brought her into a car or whatever. But yes, he he raped this twenty one year old woman in front of her parents' house. So I don't know if it was God like damn. that's where he finally caught up to her. You know what I'm saying, or yeah. something like that. And then Joe, ten days later, yeah, ten days later on the fourteenth of May of nineteen eighty seven, a nineteen year old woman in the backyard of her parents' house. Yeah. So what I, the fuck. I, again, like it's one of those. It has to. 
Okay, so I, I, think, th- I think it's I a think good it's... thing that we highlighted the fact that like he was handsome. Like I don't think he's cute at all. I think he looks psycho. But to, you know, to, to be we've fair, been Joe says Joe says that the guy who was coined as part of the Ken and Barbie killers doesn't think he's handsome. You go to our IG, <laughs> you see what Joe think is handsome. <laughs> And you'll be like, oh, yeah, no, good Lord. That doesn't fit Joe's M.O. at all. She likes dudes with big old noses and fucking, you know, shaven heads that wears death metal shirts, (laughs) which is yours truly. And I am beautiful. (laughs) Yes, you are. I am beautiful. And every single so obviously way, it feels like these women are... won't keep me down. Oh. I'm sorry. Get back to it, Joe. Okay. Here we go. So I just needed everybody to know that Christina Aguilera felt my pain at one point. Christina Aguilera, no. She sung that song, I'm Beautiful. Oh. And why am I thinking of Sarah McLaughlin? I don't know. Do I look like a fucking puppy that needs to be adopted? <laughs> She sang the angel song that was about like heroin or meth, and then the ASPCA heroin. was just like, "Oh That'll yeah, get, let's there put, we go. We have a bunch of one-eyed cats. Let's put them in there, and that'll sound good." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, so that was so yeah. May he had the he, he did that. Yep. And he he took the he took June off, Joe. But July seventeenth, he's back at it. Yeah, he attempted to rape a woman, but abandoned her after beating her. When she fought back. So he's like, oh, bitch. Hell no. We, 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 her up. we ain't got your name, but if you're out there and you hear that, kudos to you, girl. Fucking yes. fuck that shit. Don't let that fucking Zach Morris looking motherfucker get that shit. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So on September 29th of 87, he attempted to rape a 15-year-old girl there after we go. breaking into her house. Stunting like his daddy did. So, uh, fled, he fled when the victim, victim's mother came into the room, I guess. Yeah. And Anthony Hannenmeyer was convicted of the crime and served almost two years in prison. Hannenmeyer was exonerated when Bernardo attempted or admitted to the crime in 2006. Yeah. So he's just, he's fucking up so many people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And God that's what you damn. get when you got fucking preppy Ontario. And if you're preppy and from Ontario and you don't rape women, oh, then we love you. Off, but but. <laughs> but, uh, but okay, Joe. So now we're, we're getting we're, to the, we're getting to the, to the yeah. Krimbus season. Yep. The 16th of December of the same year of 87, Joe. Yeah. So he took a couple months off. Um, he raped a 15-year-old girl. The following day, Metro Tor- uh, Toronto police issued a warning to women traveling alone at night in the Scarborough area. So at least they were starting to see an M.O., you know, some kind of like tracing and like, oh, okay, well. Like a pattern's emerging. Yeah, tracing a right. pattern. Yeah, that's a better word. Um, So that was. And then literally a week to the day yeah, later, the, the 23rd. the 23rd of 87, he raped a 17-year-old girl. And after this, he became officially known as the Scarborough Rapist. Yeah, so like the, the media, that. the papers and all that stuff. Yeah. Still didn't know who he was or anything like that, but, uh, you know, at this at point... At least they're, it's be- they're putting together an M.O., right. they're realizing that this is, like, the same person, and they're at least uh, uh, finally building up a profile. And, you know, if you if you you, you got to work at it to get a name, you know, yeah. like the media, you yeah. know, you, there has to be enough to do that. But then, Joe, he, I guess, probably when the media, you Took know, all this comes out, you know, yeah, yeah, when this all comes out, he doesn't do anything again until... April 18th of 88, he attacked a 17-year-old girl and physically assaulted her. That was probably along the lines of trying to rape her, fought back, so he just beat her up and then, you know, fucking fled. 
And as you'll see a pattern emerging here with Paul Bernardo, uh, Joe, and all of our little beautiful dreadhead listeners, Mm -hmm. once there's kind of like some pushback, he kind of disappears for a little bit. So it's not until May 25th of 1988, um, he actually got found by a Metro Toronto police officer while he was staking out a bus shelter. So, you know, they were like, at this point, some shit's emerging. You know, he's not murdering these girls. He's raping them. I'm not to minimize rape, but so they're figuring out a pattern of, oh, well, you know, I thought I saw some guy following me from the bus stop, this and this. they're, They're staking that shit out, too. But he managed to flee and escape. But that didn't rattle him, Joe. Five days later. Yeah. Now, I guess it did rattle him because he switched up locations. Yeah, 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 yeah. I give you that. I give that. So he ended up raping on um, May 30th, 88. So, yeah, like you said, like just a few yeah, days Yeah, not later. even a week later. Yeah. He ended up raping an 18-year-old girl in Missanaga, Ontario. Mississauga. Mississauga. Oh, I'm Mississauga, sorry. Mississauga, Ontario. Yeah. I'm over here, like, closing one eye and looking at my screen. Oh, yeah. So Mississauga, Ontario. Yep. After that, on October 4th, so he took several months off, he attempted to rape a victim, but she fought him off. Eleven sixteen. No, 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 no. You missed the part. Bernardo oh. actually inflicted two stab wounds to the thigh and buttocks of the victim. So, so I, there's I would more imagine, aggression coming out. Now well, he's I, wanting to draw blood. Well, not only that, but more than likely because of some of the fighting back, because you, you know, and stuff like that. Um, I'm guessing he probably was carrying a knife on him and was like, okay, well, if I have a weapon, they'll submit more. This chick wasn't having it and fucking kudos to you too, but he did inflict stab wounds. Now the victim did live, um, and he did not, he did not successfully rape her. But then a little over a month later, he raped an 18 year old in the backyard of her parents' house yet again. God damn. Yeah. Uh, so then a day later, the following day, Metro Toronto police formed an actual task force to try to capture the, the, the Scarborough rapist because this was all going on. And that leads us, Joe, to a month and 10 days later, the 27th, two days after Christmas of 88, mm. he attempted to rape a girl, but a neighbor of the girl actually chased him off. And this is where he kind of disappears for the biggest period of time yeah, because months. he doesn't he doesn't strike back up again, Joe, until June 20th of 1989. Yep, and that's where he attempted to rape um, another uh, another victim, but the victim fought off Bernardo, who fled with scratches on his face. Yep, so that 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 girl actually marked him, which was he. It's not good, but he, he did the smart thing, Joe, and waited almost the full two months. I'm guessing let everything heal up, and then what happened in August on August fifteenth of nineteen eighty nine? He raped a twenty two year old woman. Yep, and and and. Had a string of successes because then uh, November 21st of 1989, he raped a 15-year-old girl that he saw in a bus shelter. December 22nd of 1989, he raped a 19-year-old woman. And then, uh, let's see here, May 26th of 1990, he raped a 19-year-old woman. The victim was able to assist police, Joe, with a computer composite portrait of her attacker. And the portrait was published in, you know, the major Metro Toronto yeah. newspapers and, and even, yeah, newspapers. even the surrounding yeah. areas two days later. Then in July of 1990, police actually brought in Paul Bernardo for questioning after he was linked to the rapes due to the composite portrait. Mm. But 
We got a smooth criminal here, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, the Zach Morris of fucking Ontario. Bernardo was reported to authorities by a, uh, Tina Smearness, who was the wife of a close friend. Tina stated that Bernardo had been brought in during a previous rape investigation and that Paul would often brag about his sex life, Joe, and how much he enjoyed rough sex. Mm. So Paul was officially interviewed uh, in November, near late November of 1990, and he even provided forensic testing samples. That's going to be <laughs> fucking cum and, you know, maybe some blood and shit like that. But ultimately, Joe, Bernardo was found to be more credible then Tina Smearness, who, you know, reported him and got them interested, and he was released and was never charged. All right now, John, you know what? You do what? the bio. Knock it out You're of the fucking park. Wait, hold, no, that's uh-huh. not, really. All yeah, right. motherfucker. All right, all right, so now, okay, fine. You know, fucking <laughs> challenge accepted. All right, so... We, we've we've kind of reached the point, again, as we said, and, and again, you guys know, we fucking love doing our research, but, you know, unlike... We have to diverge the paths and then put them back together. Right. You Un- gotta know background, especially when there's two people involved. Yes, and unlike those lazy-ass podcasts y'all listen to when we don't fucking record, <laughs> we did, we Ken. did, no, fuck them, fuck them, <laughs> no. I, if we're this good drunk and they're that bad sober, fuck them. Uh, you know, whatever. And I'll say it, fuck you. And you know who the fuck you are. Uh, but let's now we're going to get to Carla Lee Ann Hamolka. Now, she was born Joe May 4th of 1970 in St. Catharines, Ontario. She's the eldest of three daughters. She is currently 51 years old. And living in an undisclosed location in Quebec. Remember that, everybody, because we about to get into some fucked up shit. <laughs> and when you say undisclosed location, yeah, the I bitch ain't in why. fuck. She ain't in fucking prison. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, by all accounts, Carla had a model childhood that was nothing abnormal until she met Paul Bernardo in October of 87. Honestly, guys, I struggled. I struggled because I t- I took these notes. Joe was Joe was busy. I had a I, I had a string of slow shit going on, uh, and, and I was able to do this. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone. Um, so I, I put together these notes. I fucking struggled to find anything really about. So Carla. nothing of note. Cool. No, she she didn't. Which is which is really funny. It's like she met Paul, and that was her catalyst. Like it opened the floodgate. Something that was already there. Yeah. But she never. She, I don't even know if she knew it was there. And I don't fucking give her any pass. And we'll get to that. Um, but it, no, she met Bernardo in October of '87. So if you know what was, if you listened, you know previously. I hope you did. I don't know why the fuck you would jump in <laughs> at this point. That's fucking odd. Um, a lot of the rapes that he did, about half of them happened while he was with Carla. Now, whether or not she knew about them happening, you're not going to get the truth because Carla Hamalka is a fucking lying asshole and we'll get to all that. So who really fucking knows? I think she probably did. I think she reveled in it. But um, per Bernardo. Yes. Per yes, Paul. Per Paul. Again. You're going you're gonna to realize you got to take all this shit with a grain of salt once we get further into the episode. Absolutely. Because these motherfuckers turn on each other and, and, and literally almost say to a T 
the exact opposite of what the one other another, one says. Yeah, just say once she, once she, once fucking rubber meets the road and shit like that. Yes, but per Paul, Carla actually encouraged his sadistic behavior, and there's a reason to actually believe Paul. Now, Carla's uh, friends in high school had nothing but praise and noted her love of animals. She really did love animals. Carla even worked at a local veterinarian clinic. After graduating high school, uh, but but ha ha ha! Here we go, everybody. <laughs> she was steal drugs from the veterinary clinic. I believe there was more than one. Um, eventually that she that she was working at, but she would steal those drugs to actually be used in their crimes. Now, which makes a lot of sense because ketamine. If y'all know what ketamine is, it it's kind of like a weirdly. It's almost a party drug it's at some point. It's a party drug nowadays. Yeah. 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 Or no, even back that, in the back in with like the club well, kids. Yeah. I, I remember when I watched I, Party Monster. Yeah. I, I love that. I movie. had one run in pretty early on, maybe around nine. Of course you did. You've had you've had special K. Yeah, I've had special K. Joe, you're such it's, a... It's not great. I did it once, and I'll never do it again. If you guys remember, like, the Foo Fighters video where, like, the hand hit, like, Dave Grohl's fucking That was hand. Everlong. Everlong. That's okay. a good song. That, I remember sitting at a party. I had just done K, and I couldn't grab the bottle of water in front of me because my hand was too big. I, it, 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 no, no. I never did it again. Okay, so... Ken and Barbie finally meet in October of 87. Um, The attraction was immediate, Joe. Paul actually proposed to Carla two months later. She was 17, he was 23. And as we just mentioned... From all the the rapes and the attempted rapes, he uh, saw it, something weird in her. That's dude, all I'm that was. I'm telling you, it's it's. I'm, uh, dude. I'm. I. I. You believe what you want to believe, but shit like this is where I'm like, there's no God, and if there is, he he really enjoys some fuckery. Because why the he fuck loves would they a meet? Finger in and twirling around, really. Yeah. So Paul stated that unlike his previous girlfriends, Carla, as we said prior, actually encouraged his sadistic sexual prav- d- depravity. Now. Again, you got to remember, he was active as the Scarborough rapist into the 90s. Yeah. So we're talking about two or three years later. Now, they were engaged two months uh, after they met, but they, they didn't get married for a while. Um, so I, I honestly, I, I, I would side with Paul on this, and, and you'll, you'll see where we go. I know you got to believe all women in this day and age, and I <laughs> fucking do, but this, this broad was fucking sketchy I don't AF. as a woman. Just saying it. We know who you are, Fuck. Joe. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but yeah, Paul would continue with his strings of rapes up again, like I said, up until the late 90s, but it's, it's, un, it's factually on the record unknown. If Carla knew of these event, uh, these events while they were taking place, but I'm telling you, as we get further into it, you're gonna see things my way. Now, Joe, we're we're into the '90s. Mm-hmm. Paul's Paul's finally he's put his rapist ways behind him. He's he's focused he put on him behind him, but then escalated. Oh yes, yes, because he has a new point of of infatuation, Joe. Uh, t- talk to us about how Paul, what Paul was, what was going on with them in, in the '90s, at the end of his like r- Scarborough rapist era. Okay, so in 1990, 
Paul was actually staying with the Hamakas uh, family a lot and was still engaged to Carla. Right. Now, remember, they got engaged at the end of 87, October. Mm-hmm. So they had a long, they, they, they got engaged You're quickly, but they had a long later. engagement. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So. Paul had actually not disclosed that he had lost his job and was currently smuggling cigarettes across the U.S. and Canadian border. And Paul was obsessed with Carla's young sister, Tammy, and would often peep into her window and even masturbate in her room while she slept. Peep in my window. (laughs) Don't you disgrace me. Masturbate. While you look inside. I love Melissa Etheridge. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You would love Melissa Etheridge. And you know what? Sorry, Casey. I don't know any Indigo Girl songs to rip on right now. You goddamn right. I said it. And she fucking... Casey loves me. I'm the only only penis on this planet she loves outside of her children. But yeah, go ahead and continue. I had to do it. I heard the window thing and you know me. I love... I'm so sorry, Cassie. So don't Paul- apologize <laughs> to her. I don't apologize. Fuck you. I love Paul Stafford. All right. Anyways, Carla, having no issue with Paul's behavior, placed her sister Tammy's spaghetti with Valium that she had stolen from the animal cl- uh, animal clinic she was working at at the time. So now, okay. So you're a nurse. I know you don't do anything with animals. So is is there is does like Valium go across the spectrum, or is there like an animal type of Valium or is it just work no matter what organism fucking takes it to the best of your knowledge so my understanding is that anytime that you talk about a drug by its either chemical name or its brand name if it is considered like okay that's Valium for humans or Valium for uh, animals because it shares the name I would assume that it's the same thing but that was totally on the spot yeah and and, and again I spot and I've only had like a literally a semester of pharmacology so if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. I have no problem because you're just going to only help me in my finals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, I took the notes and stuff. But I even then when I was taking them, I was like, do they have like animal volume? Like, is there a difference? But I, I know a lot of the, the, the any kind of medication like that is usually doled out by weight. Um, you know, so like, you know, if you got someone who's a certain weight, they may get a little bit higher milligram it, it, it and shit like that. So it depends on the type of medication and what you're trying to medicate. All right. Well, moving on, Joe. Yeah. Now, once Tammy passed out, what happened? Yeah. Well, Paul starts to rape her while Carla watched, but Tammy woke up before anything can actually, you know, transpire like happen. Yeah. There was no actual physical rape there. He was literally getting it started. So that's what made me ask about the milligram thing. Like maybe it was appear that Carla didn't dope didn't her know, enough. Yeah. She didn't know the dosage that was necessary to completely inebriate Tammy. So I, I don't know. I really don't know. Right. I don't know. But that brings us show to December of 1990. Mm-hmm. So at this point, at least the the connected and known Scarborough rapist cases uh, that 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 was Paul have has has done. They're done now. Yeah. Again, yeah. he's got all of his tension on 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 Tammy Hamolka, Carla's younger sister. So what happened in December nineteen ninety? Yeah. So December twenty third, nineteen ninety, the couple spiked Tammy's drink once more. No, no, you skipped the spot. Oh, you skipped the I spot. Did. The bit. So in, yeah, December of nineteen ninety. It, it leads up to this. 
So okay, Carla actually stole an anesthetic agent from oh, her veterinary clinic. Uh, her veterinary uh, clinic called Halothane. Mm-hmm. You, you know what that is? Yeah, actually, I do. Okay, does is that only on animals, or That's does that work? Animal drug. Okay, uh, she stole it from her work. Carla had decided. I actually want to think that medications used in euthanization. I want to like think... euthanizing like dogs and shit. Yeah, yeah. I I want to think that. I... God damn it, it sounds fucking familiar. Well, I would imagine that most, like, anesthetics, if you did enough, would euthanize anybody, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why, like, anesthesiologists, if you're having a surgery, they're literally in the room for, like, two minutes. But it's insanely important I because they be have to wrong. calculate that I shit. I could be wrong, but I really believe halothane was, like, one of those drugs that was meant to comfort a pet. Before you actually euthanize them. So I don't think it's Oh, the I get them docile and calm yeah, and shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But she stole that from her work because Carla wanted to give Paul her uh, sister Tammy's virginity for Christmas. Now, again, we God said he damn. Paul attempted to rape Tammy. Nothing ever happened when they did the, the, the lacing of the spaghetti earlier that year. She awoke before anything could happen. So Tammy wanted to give Paul, or sorry, Carla wanted to give Paul Tammy's virginity for Christmas since Paul was so let down and disappointed that he was not Carla's first. God damn. I've had sex with virgins. All of us have. It's terrible. It's awful. Why do you want to give that to anybody? That's a horrible fucking yeah, if Christmas you wanna, gift. If you want to give me a Christmas gift, Joe, find me a whore that's clean. But like 50 years old, she's gonna rock my fucking socks off. She's gonna That's do what shit. I would think too. She's gonna do shit you never even fucking thought of. Don't go get me a virgin. That's why I never understood Islam. I respect oh, anybody's religion if they're being. They if they're being, that sounds like 21 fucking inexperienced. Yes. Do you yeah. know how long I'm gonna have to be in paradise before these girls fucking start doing shit well? <laughs> And I'm, a, I know, I don't mind if saying it. There's a hell. We're going to hell, John. Gotta stop. I already know I'm going to hell, Joe. At this point, I'm trying to earn those opera seats. box seats. You know, I where know. they give you the little binoculars and you can kind of snoop down on everyone and be like, yes, <laughs> it's quite a performance. Now. Yeah. Go now, ahead. Go ahead. Oh my God. I gotta shut my mouth. You gotta go. Yeah. Oh God. So once Tampy passed out, Carla soaked a rag, obviously with the holothane, and placed it over Tammy's face, so she would not wake up prematurely like before. So what I'm assuming in this situation is that they they gave her the Valium, uh. and then the halothane was there to keep her knocked out again. Carla's working at a vet clinic, and I think she's just running the fucking desk because this <sighs> bitch doesn't seem to know any fucking thing about any of it. There was an internet by this point, right? I, maybe in Canada. I don't know. They're pretty progressive and, you know, down with the youths. I don't know. But yeah, but so yeah, she had a rag soaked in halothane, Joe. Go ahead. Yeah. So Paul and Carla both participated in the raping of Tammy, her little sister. Yes. In the family's basement. Yes. And even filmed the event as a keepsake, y'all. Yes. This, this is... And, what and, the fuck? And, and the... I can't remember... Well, we're going to get to it because I can't remember the notes because I'm drinking and I'm not the greatest podcast host in the world even though you motherfuckers love me. <laughs> but I, I can't remember if they, if they actually had this videotape. But it is... Very, there's there's more coming, motherfuckers. You know we bring yeah. dread. Why would we talk about this if it was a one and done, motherfuckers? No. T- Carla completely fucking was participating in this shit. 
so so yeah, if you're like, oh, allegedly, no, no, this, no, and I'm gonna use the B word. Have, this bitch was absolutely doing this shit. Go ahead, Joe. What are you about uh, to say? I was gonna say I have fucking siblings that I don't fucking like. Like I don't like them. Like I have an eldest brother and a sister I don't fucking like, and I could never no. think of doing something like this to my fucking family member. So. No one will ever refer to you in pop culture as the Barbie of the Ken and Barbie killers. <laughs> but to be fair, you've, you've kind of fucking saddled up with me. And I am definitely not the kin of any goddamn thing. I kind of look like Nosferatu oh, when he was younger. Oh, God. So- I love me, but let's be honest. <laughs> but yeah, so let's see. Here we go, Joe. The, yeah. So they did, they, they did the filming. Yep. What happens with Tammy? Tammy begins to vomit while passed out, and the couple was unable to revive her. Yes. So after clearing evidence, yes. Yeah, so yeah, and yeah. They, 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 Tammy. Yes, they they put Tammy's clothes back on Joe. They clear out all the evidence, and they actually place Tammy into her bed. Then what happens? The they finally fucking call nine one one. Right. So again, so Tammy's struggling to breathe. She's she's basically asphyxiating on her own vomit. And I mean, if I'm if I'm Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamalka, what they did was smart. Mm. Now, let's be honest here. Now, I, I, it's it, if you're wanting to keep doing this fucked up shit, they did the right thing for what they do. But clearly, t- Carla is not prioritizing her sister's life at all at this point. It's Paul above everything else and even her own sadistic desires, Joes. So just a few hours later, Tammy was pronounced dead at St. Catherine's General Hospital. Now this again, everybody, I know a lot of our fans enjoy drugs and booze. That is Tammy, Carla's younger sister. And when I say younger, she's not even of legal age yet. I don't know what the legal age is in Canada. I don't know, but she's young. Uh, she's, you know, early to mid-teens. And Carla facilitated this rape of her own sister. And by participated. Her... Yes, and per... yes, that's very, yes, that is very important. Participated in the rape of her younger sister, all for the sake of her fiancé, Paul Bernardo, which is why I say if you don't, if you think like, oh, well, maybe she didn't know about all the raping. Honestly, even if how could you not at this point? Well, the honest thing is, is we're 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 into their first technically murder. Yeah, and okay. honestly, everything else. I mean, I'm not trying to belittle anything at this point, but rape's a fucking life altering event for anybody who goes through it. But you're still living. You know, you you there's there's chance, there's therapy, there's all kinds of shit you can do to get your life back on track after being victimized in a terrible yeah, fucking I way. Agree. I agree. That's not so for Tammy and Carla has no problem. She goes right into fucking mode with Paul and says, "We have to clean this shit up so that we can call someone." So meanwhile, Tammy's down there choking on vomit, not breathing good. Her own sister and Carla and Paul are making sure to wipe everything clean. And then they finally called on some emergency services to help her. And, of course, Tammy dies. Now, Joe. Yeah, despite this. Despite the odd behavior. So late at night. And Tammy having a chemical burn on her fucking face. Well, no, here's the thing. So, you you, again, you're skipping shit. These beers are getting to you, babe. (laughs) Carla and Paul... 
actually told the authorities that they had been cleaning and washing laundry when they heard Tammy oh, yeah. choke. They heard her choke. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Sorry. so that was their that was their alibi. Oh, we were doing this and this, and we, then we started hearing choking sounds, and that's when we called you. Now, mm-hmm. Joe, continue on yeah. with despite the odd behavior so late at night. And Tammy, what what did Tammy have on her, Joe? A chemical burn on From her that face. Halothane. Yep, exactly. Yes. So the rag that was over her face. And authorities believed them, the couple, and ruled the death accidental due to asphyxiation from alcohol consumption. Now, I'm going to well, say this you know, now. I, you know, I I'm mean, sorry. I know you that have she's EMTs got... showing up. You have somebody eventually fucking doing an uh, autopsy. Why, wh- why are the fucking burns on her face not brought up? That's a valid thing to be like, hey, why why the shit on her fucking face? Well, you know, we could mention the burns, but you know, I mean, I got it's a cousin. Make it more I got messy. a I got a cousin over in Halifax that's got a wicked big birthmark on his face, you know, and he's pretty sensitive about it. I don't want to poke fun at the dead about maybe her having <laughs> some kind of weird birthmark on her face and you know, I mean, this guy came in here really concerned wearing a crop top fucking sweatshirt. And, you know, he kind of looks like a Ken doll and his fuck, you know, I just kind of believe him. You know, I don't know. Right? You know, <laughs> who would who would hurt this young girl? That's the fucking M.O. of your goddamn Mounties when they yeah. rode up on their horses or their reindeer or whatever the fuck <laughs> Canadian police ride. That's what happened. And trust me, we're in America. So if we want to talk about shitty fucking cops... I'm going to have to do a lot of listening instead of fucking picking on your cops. But Canada, your cops sucked in this situation. And after these this, events, Joe. Yeah, this is a big highlight, Yeah, yeah, bring highlight, this y'all. shit up. It's a talk, big fucking highlight. So oh, yeah. after all this transpired, all these events, Carla and Paul, uh, and Paul would videotape themselves yep. having sex while Carla wore Tammy's clothes and pretended to be her. Fucked up. Yes. I've now, done some role playing. Joe, you've seen me do some role playing. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. I don't role nope. play as dead motherfuckers. <laughs> I certainly don't dead I don't role play as murder victims. No. Well, no. that was that one time, but you asked for it and it was special. <laughs> you know what? Him. If you're if you know if your if your wife wants to be John Wilkes Booth and she <laughs> needs you to be Abe Lincoln and you don't do it, shame on you. <laughs> Sir or ma'am. Anyways, so soon the couple, you know, the Ken and Barbie killers, moved out of the Hamalka house to let her parents cope with the death of her younger sister, Tammy. Which that leads us into the murder of Leslie Mahaffey. So now, Joe, in the early morning of June 15th, so now we're about six-ish months removed from the despicable shit that went on with Carla's younger sister, Tammy. June 15th of 91, Paul Bernardo was in Burlington, Ontario, looking for license plates to seal. So, I, <laughs> And that's as most as I could find. <laughs> so I don't know if the cigarette smuggling industry suddenly switched over to license plates. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Maybe he needed a new license plate to facilitate that shit. Just know, from pretty much, I don't know, like 88, well, I mean, fucking 87 onward, Paul was never above the fucking level. No. So all the shit with the Amtrak, all the fucking blown loads to Tony Robbins fucking- Amtrak. Amway. Amway, Amway, sorry, 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 sorry. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, so he was out looking for license plates to steal, Joe. And while he was out, uh, yeah. yeah, he, he saw, saw. Yeah, go ahead. Go. Year- no, you go ahead. Yeah, because yeah. I suck at these. He saw 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey, who had been locked out of her house and was unable to find a place to stay overnight. Paul approached her and said he was trying to break into a neighbor's house. Paul, uh, so, I love that that's his thing. It's just like, you know. I'll let her know some truth. Sup? Yeah. I know you're wondering why I'm out here in some Umbro soccer shorts that basically are nut huggers and my chopped <laughs> off fucking Tommy Hilfiger sweatshirt. Well, get this, babes. I'm looking to break into some neighbor's houses. So, and, unfortunately, yeah. Leslie did not seem to care and asked Paul if he had any cigarettes. Mm. Leading her to his car, Paul blindfolded her, forced her into his car, and drove her to their bungalow in Port Dalhousie. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, when they moved out, they, they had, like, a bungalow in Port Dal Yeah, Dalhousie, 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 whatever the Fuck you Canucks fucking call that shit. <laughs> I'm not here for it because you guys have Carla Hamalka walking free today. So I love you, but uh, you, uh, you got problems. Uh, but yeah, so he, he did that. And again, parents, don't fucking lock your kids out. Do what my parents did. Beat them. <laughs> Just hit them with shit. But let them come inside where they can be supervised and while they're is, beaten. Yeah, and this is why. When he yes. arrived at their bungalow... He informed Carla that they had a new playmate. Yeah, I forgot the E on that. I was really hoping you weren't going to say playmat. Because <laughs> they didn't do that. I mean, it was terrible, but they didn't like lay her down and like, I don't know, like fucking run Hot Wheels over her. You know what I'm saying? God I have damn. to be this way, I Joe. Know. I know. It's just the way God made me. It still hurts me. <laughs> Yes, but yeah, so he, so, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah, he said that. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the couple recorded themselves. Recorded themselves. Yeah, this is the thing is that there was a lot of video sexually footage. sexually abusing Leslie. Yeah, torturing and sexually they abusing a 14-year-old. Yes. yes. They did not give a shit. I don't give a fuck about Carla. Paul, Paul, Paul already has a history. But Carla was like, fuck it, I'm going to participate and, too. And Carla, if <laughs> if you're somewhere under your false identity and you hear this, I really, I hope that your shoes constantly eat your socks and you never <laughs> know a day without fucking blisters. You cunt. So, per Bernardo Paul, the following day, Carla gave Leslie a lethal dose of Halcyon which is used to treat insomnia. I don't know what that drug is, so don't even. Well, no, ask Halcyon. That it, it, it's it's a it's a it's a drug meant to like basically put you to sleep. Yeah. You know, like you if you've got like wicked bad insomnia, it'll knock you out. Yeah. Uh, regardless, Carla claimed that Bernardo strangled Leslie to death. The couple put the body in their basement and had Carla's family over for dinner the following fucking night, y'all. So, so, so everyone, I want you to, because you know it, we're about that dread, motherfuckers. That's yeah. why you're here. So six-ish months after Carla and Paul have raped and killed her own sister, they do... Worse, honestly, because they didn't torture Tammy. It's still sad. It doesn't belittle what happened, but they tortured this girl. They extinguished a life so they didn't have anybody else to be like, hey, this happened. Right. They didn't want any witnesses. And then six months later, after they do this this to 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey, 
they put the, the, the lifeless body of her in their basement and then have Carla's parents over for fucking dinner, Joe. I, part of me feels like I, like it could have been an inconvenience lining up of plans, but part of me feels like that, like even if it was, they really got off on the fact that, you know, I, cause oh, I'm yeah. sure that parents, I'm sure her- communal dinner. But knowing what the fuck, like, your deep secrets are right below their fucking Right, feet. and you know that, like, they I mean, do the it's fuck the death. down after that fucking shit. Yeah, happens. it's the death you know of it. a child. These parents are still in mourning. If they're still alive, they're still in mourning. No parent's supposed to outlive their kid. No. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's how Tammy, or not Tammy, Carla and Paul decided to do that. Now, once Carla's family left Joe... Carla and Paul got to work disposing of Leslie Mahaffey's body. The couple... Go ahead. Oh, do you want to handle it? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, nursing student. So they decide to dismember... (laughs) God damn it. This uh, this always fucks me up. So they decide to dismember the body and make several trips to... uh, What? I don't even know how to explain that. Uh, Lake Gibson to dump the chunks of cement. So I guess they dismembered her set her into fucking bricks of cement and decide to just drop them off in this fucking lake. Yeah, so they, they, Paul bought a dozen, give or take, bags of cement mix uh, the the following day after the family had left. So I guess they kind of reached that conclusion that night after the family's gone and, you know, they're having their cup of tea or whatever the fuck it is Canadians drink to relax. Probably whole milk. (laughs) Like raw goat's milk because they're so fucking goody-goody except for these fuckers. Uh, and so, yeah, Paul goes out and buys the cement mix. And this stupid motherfucker actually keeps the receipt for the purchase of the cement mix. And I'm, br- I'm not going to, I'm not going to say a goddamn thing else about anything else about him keeping that receipt, but it does come into play later. The couple dismembered. That sounds like a trophy. That yes. honestly sounds like a Probably trophy. something he looked at and just like fucking, you know. I would remember this moment when I jack off later. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I'm going to fucking, With I'm going to spray Hopefully. all over the front of these fucking passion pink grapefruit umbro shorts and fucking <laughs> look at this fucking receipt as, you know. But yeah, so the couple dismembered the body of, of Leslie Mahaffey. And they, yeah, they made several trips to Lake Gibson. That was a lake nearby where they lived. Oh, my God. And so they they were dumping. So basically, they were dismembering her. They would put a a piece, you know, arm or whatever, and and would put it in cement and then go throw the cement off. Well, now, Joe, I'm guessing you, I guess, okay, I'm, I thought that's where, I read ahead. I thought that's where you were like, Uh oh my God. So yeah, Joe, you go ahead and read that spot since you love it. These dumb (laughs) fucks. The final piece ended up weighing more than 200 fucking pounds and the couple abandoned this fucking chunk on the shore of the lake where it was soon discovered and Leslie's fucking remains were identified two weeks later. Like. Okay, you're smart enough to know that you need to dismember a body and dispose of it properly. But you're also wearing a crop top sweatshirt with umbro (laughs) shorts. You got to keep that in mind. Some hill figure sweatshirts involved too. Okay, I bet it was. I bet it was like Tommy Sport. You know, like the shit that my parents bought me at the flea market during that. And they were like, Polo it's almost the same. And I was like, well, yeah. Tommy, Tommy Hilfiger's logo doesn't have neon green in it, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but these dumb fucks did not even think about the fact that, hey, can we transport this? Can we lift this up? Maybe you didn't cut the pieces up enough. 
Which I'm going to uh, assume because it, it doesn't really state it. I would really think it was it. a torso Exa- at this That's exactly. Oh, I fucking Hell love yeah. you. God, I'm so glad after we do this podcast recording, we're going to snuggle up next to each other. Because that's literally what I was about to say. I would it's imagine. A torso. They were doing like legs, arm, yeah. head, and then they got to the whole You know torso. what they were thinking, though? Is because like if you think about the appendages, they're probably thinking, oh, we need at least like, you know, six to eight inches of concrete from that flesh to the outside perimeter. And they didn't compensate for the fact that the torso is going to weigh the most because you have organs and all that other shit. And they were like, oh, we need like, you know, three to six inches past that and didn't even compensate for fucking weight. I love the fact, too, that like you you look at Paul and how smarmy he was when he was younger. And the motherfucker. I think that's the biggest reason why I don't find him attractive. The motherfucker. He looks swarmy. He looks like fucking grease. The motherfucker couldn't handle 200 pounds. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but I... Now, I I go to the gym. I'm a former fat kid that's now a chubby guy. We both are. We both are. Fucking sexy as shit, and I fucking (laughs) know it. But I promise you, even at my fattest, if the fear of capital punishment or life in prison was on the goddamn line... (laughs) I would be like the mama who's like has a car fucking roll over under her kid. Yeah. I will get Super this. Strength. I yes. will get this 200, you know, a little bit over fucking block of cement. I will get it in the water. I swear to God, I'm not going to fucking leave it. Like, what kind of narcissistic dumb fuckery that you have to be to be like, it's really heavy, Carla. <laughs> They're we'll not going to find out. Yeah. You know, let's just head on back to our bungalow. Ugh. Put on Tammy's clothes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Put on Tammy's clothes and fucking do fine. that thing that I fucking love. And I'm going to pull out this fucking Zach Morris brick ass cell phone and call my fucking <laughs> boys up. <laughs> We're going to play soccer in the park next fucking week. And I'm wearing these Umbro shorts. Ugh. Fucking piece of shit, asshole. But yeah. Two weeks after the fact, they found it, and yeah, so, and, and, and that's gonna lead up to some shit. That's gonna lead up to some shit, motherfuckers. Yeah, it does lead to some, uh, into some shit, dude. Like, the murder of Kristen French. So, on April 16th. Almost a year later. Yes, like Like, like, like ten months later. Yes, John, take that shit over. Oh, am I doing the bio thing? Yeah, you are. This isn't a bio. Okay, all right. April 16th, 1992. So Paul and Carla, they're driving around St. Catharines, and they're looking for a potential victim. So Mm -hmm. they pass by Holy Cross Secondary School, and they Mm -hmm. spotted 15-year-old Kristen uh, French walking home. Uh, They parked in a nearby church parking lot. I guess there's a lot of churches in this area. (laughs) And... So Carla approaches Kristen, Kristen French, with a map in her hands, and she's pretending to need directions. Now, for any of you younger motherfuckers, maps, maps, map maps quest, used y'all. to be no. This is before. Yeah, maps yeah. used to be something that was printed on paper and wasn't mm-hmm. automatically accessible. And you bought a gas station. Yes, you did. And you'd often have to buy several maps, depending on how big your map was. So mm-hmm. Carla went with the map, the paper map. It's that time. It's that time in fucking history. <laughs> and she was pretending to need directions, Joe. So she was trying to like pretend to Kristen French, like, "Hey, we're not from this area. We're looking for this and this." And of course, Chris, uh, Kristen, being a good Holy Cross Secondary School Catholic yeah. girl. She was helping Carla, and she was distracted. And while that happened, Paul came up from behind. 
and put a knife to her fucking throat and forced her into his car, Joe. <sighs> now, uh, they, so they, they got her. But now, here's the problem. Kristen... Had actually decent parents. Yes, yes. Unlike the ones who were fucking, you know, locking out uh, fucking Leslie Mahaffey. So don't lock your fucking kids out. Like I said, beat them like my mom did. They'll be a lot better <laughs> off. Um, but Kristen, she usually got home. You know, she's walking home from school. They know when they she's getting home. It. Yeah, they right. anticipated, she's, anticipated her arrival at some period in time. Right. Yeah. They know, hey, she gets out at this time. Even if she's lollygagging with some friends, she's going to be home within this time range. Well, that didn't happen. And her parents notified the Niagara Regional Police. Now, just like it is in in the U.S., uh, same with Canada, they had to wait 24 hours. So uh, after the 24 hours, the team of police, uh, they they had reports from various witnesses. Again, this is after school. So broad daylight, there's a dude putting a knife to a girl's throat. If she's walking home, Joe, I'm going to assume she's not the only one who's yeah. walking home. Even if you're in bus depot, you're going to have somebody else taking yes, that same bus route. Somebody's around, uh, but they had various witnesses and and found one of Kristen's shoes in the parking lot where she was actually kidnapped. Now, Paul and Carla are stepping shit up at yeah. this point. Yeah. And over the next three days, yeah. over the fucking Easter weekend. Which is really fucked if you think about the fact that kid, this girl was at a Catholic school. Yeah. No, we don't, but we but we're we're We your, understand the importance we're of We're your nice I won't even say atheist. We're just we just don't fucking know and don't fucking care. But as long as your religion, as long as you're practicing it peacefully, I don't give a fuck what you believe, and I'm not. Tr- I'm not here to try to tell you why I don't. I really don't give a shit if it makes you you and a better person do that shit. But I do find this case, Joe, and I'm gonna turn it right back over to you. Really fucked up. You got to remember, they kidnapped a Catholic schoolgirl at the beginning of Easter weekend. Yeah. I almost do not buy the fact. That they were just randomly looking for someone. It, no, this, the, the, I think the that was sad, premeditated. The, the sadistic attitude of this couple makes me think that they almost got pleasure. Like, oh, what if we get a Catholic schoolgirl and fuck and her up over the fucking those, Easter weekend? Those uniforms, the Catholic, the Catholic schoolgirl uniform is very distinct. Right. I don't care where the fuck you are. Yep. But they pinpointed her, and over the next three days, over that Easter fucking weekend. Ken and Barbie, the couple, videotaped themselves torturing, raping, and sodomizing Kristen French. Jesus Christ. Let that sink in, y'all. 15-year-old Kristen French, by the fucking way. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, fucking sick, sadistic shit is sick, sadistic shit. But they were targeting younger girls, which seems to be fitting Paul Bernardo's M.O., and Carla just seems like a complete fucking, like, just nutbag at this point, just willing to go along with any of it. Yeah. Now, Joe, the couple would keep forcing Kristen French to yeah, yeah. drink large amounts of alcohol and would force her to behave as a submissive slave to Paul. Now, Joe, that brings us to April 19th of 92. Go yeah. ahead. So the couple ended up, and uh, they ended up murdering. Kristen French before going to Carla's parents' house for her Easter dinner. No, no, like, you, okay. no, no, no. You got, you got emotional there. I want you to say that it with some fucking me. volume. Yeah, I want yeah. you to say I'm that with sorry. some fucking volume. Here we go. April nineteenth, nineteen ninety two. Joe, tell them the couple 
Ken and Barbie murdered Kristen French before going to Carla's parents' house for Easter dinner. It's really weird. When you take into account Leslie Mahaffey, the fact that her mm-hmm. dead body was down below while Carla's parents were there. Yeah. And then now you have this one. It took almost almost a year. It was like eight, it's nine, all about ten months. It, it's weird. I don't to know if think it's convenient, but does Carla enjoy the fact that her parents are interacting while there's a dead body there, and she knows she killed her fucking sister? No, I, absolutely. But I think also too is like you should highlight the fact is like everything they've done, at least like the last like two to three, has been about convenience. Oh, it's convenient to keep somebody in the basement while my parents are here eating dinner. Oh, it's more convenient for us to, like, kill somebody before going over for Easter dinner. Like, what the fuck? I don't know. I find the fact that Carla and and Paul killed her sister under her parents' roof. And then you have Leslie Mahaffey and the dead body of Leslie Mahaffey is in the basement while Carla's parents are there eating dinner. Then they strike almost 10 to 11 months later, and suddenly there's a dead body in their house while they go to have Easter dinner with Carla's parents. I don't know. I just I, I just don't buy into the whole—I mean, that's just so many coincidences. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. Uh, no, I uh, get what you're saying. Yeah, but, but now let's get into what Carla claimed yeah. as far as the disposal or the, the ending of Kristen French's so, life, Joe. Yeah, so Carla claims— Paul strangled French while Paul claimed that Carla beat French to death with a rubber mallet after she tried to escape. Yeah. So, again, this is them pitting themselves against each other in their testimony. Right, yeah, and you gotta remember, this is after they've been caught, so they they We're getting everything secondhand. We're all getting this secondhand. Yep. On April 30th of 1992... Kristen French's nude body was found in a ditch in Burlington, Ontario. Yeah, they didn't even fuck with the fucking concrete this time. Yeah, Paul was like, like, I'm weak. It. You know, these I'm too pretty to fucking be hauling concrete. Oh. And yeah, so they just dumped her. Yeah, but her body had actually been washed clean, and her head was shaved to impede identification. Right. Yeah. But so they they did enough manipulation without like dismembering right. her and anything. It was like, okay, this is the baseline. This is like the most basic thing we could possibly do and maybe get away with it. Let's let, let's let's roll the dice. Yeah, and they were absolutely willing to that. But oh, happy times, happy times for all of us out there who are fucked up enough to enjoy listening to this kind of shit, but not fucked up enough to ever commit this kind of shit. Joe Take us to December 27th. We're talking two days after Christmas of 1992. (laughs) The rest. Paul severely beat Carla on her arms, head, and face with a flashlight. Hamalka claimed she was in a car accident when she returned to work, but her co-workers did not believe her and notified her parents. That's an interesting thing. Like, yeah. she's of age at this point, but they're like, I don't trust this shit. I'm going to call her <laughs> upper folks. This bitch needs Jesus and her mama and daddy. <laughs> so, after going to the hospital, Carla filed charges against Paul. Yeah. And Paul. Not, not smart. If there's anybody out there listening right now and you guys are a couple and you're murdering and raping <laughs> people, first off, fuck you. I hope you don't listen to us. But if you are, uh, 
probably best to fucking you know be thick as thieves because <laughs> if if not, but see, this is the whole thing that's that I get with Carla and Paul is like they're these star uh, star-crossed lovers or whatever the fuck you want to call it. They're just so infatuated with Two each other. Two fucked up people that cross paths and we're like, oh, I will never find somebody as fucked up as me. <gasps> I found I one. Found and I'm going to latch on. But yeah, it almost seems in. like Carla had the real power here because once Paul crossed her, she had no problem. She had to have known, Joe. They got a body count on them. And she is filing charges against Bernardo. Either she's a completely fucking idiotic, dumb person, or she, she I don't know if she thought she'd get away with it and I put don't it all know. on Paul, but yeah. if you're trying to keep, if you're trying to keep a low profile, probably, I don't give a motherfucker what your man or woman or whatever does to you beats you with a flashlight. Probably not a good idea to be like, well, now I'm calling the cops. Whoa. <laughs> I would. I bet the cops are very interested in talking to you at this point. So she files especially the charges, with Joe. his rap sheet. Especially with his rap sheet. Well, yeah, and he's already been brought in from questioning yeah. from all those rapes in yeah, Scarborough. Yeah, Scarborough. Yep. So, so Bernardo was arrested, and he was later released, while Carla actually moved in with relatives in Brampton, Ontario. Very funny. She doesn't go back to her parents' house. Nope. She goes to some relatives. Now, between the times, Joe... Of Kristen French's murder uh, and Paul attacking Carla, Paul was being increasingly looked at as a potential suspect for the murders. Surprise, surprise. Well, yeah. yeah, Wow, somebody was actually detecting (laughs) some detective work over there. Thank you, Canada. Yeah, yeah, get to this point. Yeah, so 26 months. 26 months after he submitted DNA for being a suspect in the Scarborough rape cases, Toronto police were informed that Bernardo's DNA matched that of the Scarborough rapist. Now, 26 I, goddamn months, y'all. Now, I want to ask this, and, and I know it's on the spot and you may not know it, but to me, 26 months seems, I, I don't know how technology was then, but 26 months seems like a long time to get any kind of result. Do you think they just kind of, because the rape cases stopped, did they just stop? Like, really giving a shit? I really don't know. Uh, pulling back, if, I, if I'm really they thinking about They run DNA this, a lot quicker now, right? Yes and no. It honestly depends on priority. So if does it also depend on if the person is already in the database? Like for me, like I, I haven't been convicted of anything like that. Yeah. So I'm not, in, to my knowledge, so I'm not in any kind DNA, of database. Yeah, they take your DNA. They don't. They match it across the database. You get no pings. Oh, you're all good. You, right. You're you're going to get backseated. But Paul's DNA was in that database. Paul had a history. Been in that database for like over two years. Yes. Couple of years. Six goddamn months. He was already in that fucking database. He should have been linked to it. No matter the fucking country you're in. Doesn't matter if it's Canada, United States, whatever. He should have been linked to it. I I do not know how he couldn't have. To me, it sounds like that because suddenly the, the Scarborough rapist cases stopped. And anybody who was working on that, if you hear this, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying they from the outside looking in, like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, oh, well, we, he either he died stopped. or stopped. We're all good. Either way, though, Bernardo was put under 24-hour surveillance, Joe, while the Metro Toronto Sexual Assault Squad 
actually interviews Carla Hamalka on February yep. 9th of 93. Now, later that evening, the same night, February 9th, 93, Carla, she's, she's staying with her aunt and her uncle after after Bernardo had beat her and she, she went back and to And I family. agree with you that it's very suspect that she's staying with extended family versus her parents. So well, yeah, and I, I don't... And, at this point, you could be like, "Oh, she's it's a finally confession coming. of guilt." Personally, maybe she's for coming me. around to everything. Mm-hmm. No, 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 this this chick is manipulative to the core, and just just hold on to your goddamn pants, people. We're getting there. Uh-huh. But Carla confesses to her aunt and uncle that Paul is was the Scarborough rapist, and that both of them were responsible for the rapes and murders of Mahaffey and French. Which now, is amazing that she she don't bring up Timmy. She no, never brings no, up Tammy. She confesses her participation at this point in time. Right. But only to those two, but nothing about Tammy. So now, yep. Joe, two days later, Carla meets with her lawyer, uh, or with a lawyer, I don't know if it was hers at the time, but George Walker, and she's seeking legal immunity in exchange for her cooperation. Now, everyone, this She's is, officially throwing her towel. She doesn't think she, she can wants, yeah. bet on Paul's horse anymore. No, no. And she's like, fuck it. And I, everyone, I'm this is where the shit gets fucked up. This yeah. is, this is, I, everybody hang the fuck in. We know these people, both of them are awful. But to me, this is when Carla she really- She got her st- ass beat. And she's like, fuck that motherfucker. Dude, A, like, really? a he shouldn't have been beating on her. But B, this is like what proves to me that like, Carla had a lot of shit going on under the surface, whether it manifested or not from anyone who knew her. I think Paul was kind of like that, that flashpoint that it, it, he opened the floodgates of what was already fucking there. He I don't think was he loyal to her to an extent. And when he betrayed that Probably. loyalty, that was the reason why his fucking yeah. neck was on the line. Yeah. So she's seeking legal immunity uh, in exchange for cooperation. Now, of course, this led to Hamolka also being put under 24 hour surveillance. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe, we're about two weeks later, February 17th, 93. Bernardo gets arrested on several charges and a search warrant was obtained for his house. Now, when we say his house, his house is the bungalow where him and Carla were living. Yeah. Carla skipped town and went to her aunt and uncle's after Bernardo fucking whooped up on her and shit like that. When we say his house, that's the bungalow where all the shit went down, minus Tammy. Um, So So the police at this point in time actually kind of follow suit. This is is actually... um, what do you say? Standard protocol. Oh, so, you mean you mean good police work? Finally, yes, yeah. No, I, well, I wouldn't say good police work because police. It was work at least sucks, some some semblance of actual police of, work. Well, it's a standard of protocol. That's all I'm gonna say. But with Paul not having any kind of strong connection to the murders, police actually could only search for and remove that the uh, the items documented. In the warrant. So, so everything I, 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 that Carla I want to stop says, there. Hold on. I want to stop there for a second because yeah. I think you'll probably know better. So when I was taking these notes, this kind of actually struck me. Uh-huh. I, I'm a simpleton when it comes to that shit. When I thought when they had a search warrant, if it was in that location, it did not mm, fucking matter. No. I didn't know that there was like, you know, accoutrements. There were, you know, quit, you know, there was like, there was different things of what you could do. But yeah, you're right because okay, we have his DNA, and now we f- suddenly realize that he's the rapist. But now this bitch is claiming that he's done murders. We have nothing to tie him to that other than her word. 
So they were kind of hearsay. Like, yeah, right. So their, their hands were they, so they're so they're in the house where two murders were committed, but their hands are red taped behind their back because they're only in there for this certain situation. Yes, absolutely. That's Go ahead. Actually, okay, I want to make sure. Uh, but I say that that's the same at the United States or in Canada. Well, I mean, obviously Canada. And I we're like having that freedom because I don't want mother, I, I want people to get a fair you fucking cannot trial. Actually, okay. So I know specifically. And I don't know what state happened uh, happened inside of, but essentially, if I say that you committed a specific crime, um, let's say it's burglary, okay, and you stole a a wedding ring and silver plates, like goddamn, I don't know. Um, if you if that police officer can't go into your your domicile, your home, and find those specific items, he technically cannot document the fact that you might have heroin there. Or fucking any other controlled wow. substance. Yes. Because he's not there with the intent to find that specific item on that warrant. You can't be disclosed for it. And that's you know, how it works. I love the fact that we bring the dread and we bring the Ed Dreadcation <laughs> as well. And that's because of my beautiful, <laughs> thick, gorgeous co-host over here. My fucking Joe with the smarts and stuff like that. But but either way, Joe, okay. And I will say this. I don't think that is every fucking state because I cannot remember the specific state that that case came up in. It was part of one of my case studies at some point in time. But like that, that is how it is in some states. But by the way, the police could only search for and remove items that were documented in the warrants. Mm. So any tapes, I we're bringing up the tapes specifically mm. because we know they like to fucking cut movies of this shit. Any tapes found could be viewed in the house, but not removed. Yeah. And no damage could be done to the property. So basically, like, let's say, okay, we 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 think that he's got more tapes hidden in the walls. They don't have the they don't have the legality to bust down a wall at this point because they have nothing else tying it to him. Police only found one videotape, and it was of Carla actually performing oral sex on an unidentified woman. Mm. So they had nothing to link to all the shit Carla was saying. But now, Joe, that brings us to May fifth of nine. Of 1993, Carla, and everybody, I'm going to tell you what, if you're very well versed in this case, kudos on you because this shit is red taped, wrapped in red tape with a big ball of red tape in the fucking middle, and that's what leads us to actually talking about it. On May 5th, 1993, Carla accepted a plea deal of 10 years for manslaughter for her cooperation in all this shit. Wow. Also, goddamn years. That's yes, it. She participated in three murders. Ugh. Also, on May 5th of 93, Bernardo instructed his lawyer, Ken Murray, to enter his house. That's the bungalow where mm. him and Carla committed all this shit, apart from the Tammy thing. But he instructed his lawyer, Ken Murray, to enter his house and remove, but not watch. Six eight millimeter videotapes hidden behind a pot light in his bathroom, which mm-hmm. leads us to May 17th of 1993. 12 days later. Yes. Now, at this point, Carla leads investigators through their house. This is the bungalow where the tumors mm-hmm. were committed to obtain additional DNA evidence, as well as we mentioned it earlier. I hope you remembered. 
He still the had the goddamn receipts for oh, fucking a dozen God. bags of cement mix. This this dude was so fucking stupid. I, I God damn it. This is right here. Like, I'm glad because they got caught. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm but like, overall, I really. You're, like, you're, fuck, you're a fucking retard. Yes. So Carla leads the investigators through the house. They get some additional DNA evidence and the receipts for when Paul Bernardo went out and bought cement mix for them to dispose of Mahaffey. That receipt is still in the bungalow that Carla and Paul lived in that Carla is now taking investigators through. So, John, that brings us in the trial. So what happens on May 18th, 1993? Right, I'm going to be honest with everyone here. If, if I went over the like complete minute details, this could honestly be like a three-parter. Mm. Of like 90 minute episodes. But as such, I, I just didn't want to do that because this is where everything to me gets really fucked. And and not and, and in a terrible fucking way. So May 18th, 93, Hamalka is arraigned on two counts of manslaughter. And Bernardo is charged with two counts of kidnapping, two counts of unlawful confinement, two counts of aggravated sexual assault, and uh, two counts of first degree murder, as well as one count of dismemberment. That's wow. with Mahaffey. On the same day, Bernardo's attorney finally watched the tapes that he had gotten from Bernardo, but decided to hold on to them to use against Carla Hamalka once she's on the stand. Now, however, oh my God, that is so fucking shitty. However, Carla Hamalka was tried on June 28, 93 through a publication ban that limited details to the public and Murray never got the chance to cross-examine Hamalka and actually use the tapes. That's now, honestly what I was worried about because I didn't take these notes yeah. when he, literally when he read that, it was the first time I heard it and that's what I was worried about. Right, yeah, you're you're holding on for a power play that may not happen. Happen, and as a and lawyer, you're literally he probably talking known about people's lives. Right. This is why I don't like attorneys. So, so now during a psych a psychiatric assessment in in March of '93, so a few months earlier, Carla actually confessed to her involvement oh. in Tammy's death, but still claimed it was an accident. Mm. So, hey, we were doing this, we were doing that, but we didn't mean to kill her. All right. So now this comes back to back to the modern day with the case, July 6th of 93. Carla was sentenced to 10 years for two counts of manslaughter per her plea deal with an additional two years added for her involvement in the death of Tammy Hamalka. So now Carla has participated in three murders, one of which was her sister, and she got 12 years. That is so fucked up. It is. Because there's premeditation when it involves her fucking sister. But if you if you uh. are in that position where you can cut that fucking deal and they do that, they it's it is what it is. Now in the summer of ninety-four, Murray, who is Paul Bernardo's attorney, consulted with the Law Society of Upper Canada about what to do with the tapes after he was holding them for so fucking long. 
Murray was instructed to remove himself as Paul Bernardo's attorney and to hand the tapes over to the judge. Now, September 12th of 1994, Bernardo's new attorney, John Rosen, was informed about the tapes and what was transpiring. Rosen was allowed to hold the tapes for an additional two weeks before they were Damn. turned over to the pro. Now, to me, I don't mind this. He's defense. The prosecution, yeah, he should have a little more time to examine the shit and stuff like that. That doesn't bother me. But after two weeks, they were turned over to the prosecution as well. But the tapes, however, proved yeah. that Homolka's plea deal was not needed. They let Homolka plead because they didn't have they enough have... fucking evidence. Yeah, But the exactly. tapes were all the That's evidence all they needed. That's all the physical evidence you fucking needed. You no. are fucking uh. right. So the tapes proved that Carla Homolka's plea deal wasn't even needed. And all the evidence was there. At this point, Canada finally stops apologizing for shit, and they got fucking lit the fuck up. Public outcry was massive due to the fact that Carla had gotten off with only 12 a 12-year sentence when the tapes proved she was just as guilty of the yes, crimes as yes. Bernardo. So now, that's, uh, that's why I've been talking so much mad shit about Carla. However, fuck this cunt. Due to the terms of the plea deal and the sufficient information Carla provided, the court, Joe, found no mm. grounds to break the plea deal with Tamalka. And on September 1st of 1995, Paul Bernardo was sentenced to life in prison without parole for at least 25 years. Okay, while so, Carla got 12. Yes. She got 12. Speak, he got baby, life. Speak. Why did he not get a death sentence? Why do not? God damn it. We hear about these awful fucking I would imagine crimes can, I would in imagine a country of doesn't our have a death own sentence. or other fucking countries. To me, it would why make sense if Canada we, doesn't have a death sentence. But though, to be why fair. do we fucking station people to put their hard-earned fucking dollars on the fucking line via taxes to keep these people up for fucking life. Fucking kill them. They will never be releasable back out into fucking public. They are only a burden on everybody else that is normal. Or, well, I won't say normal because normal, you know. It's subjective, very, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's very subjective. We're not but, normal. No, we're not normal. But we're, not, we're not out there fighting, killing people. No, I, I get that. And then, like I said, but you have uh, some people who are so staunchly against the death fuck penalty. That. Fuck no, y'all. No, if you I, listen to this I, podcast and don't think that people should be committed to death, fuck off. To me, we've had, we've had far more episodes with far more like concrete proof to give out death sentences. You have than concrete this one. proof. You have fucking people. But, but, on okay, so, okay, camera. okay, so you want to put Paul, Paul Bernardo is already serving life in prison, so let's put him to death while yep. Carla's walking free? Nope. Put her to death too. Well, they can, they're not doing that though, no, because that leads us to afterwards. So, per yep. Bernardo After has been meth, up, y'all. He's been up for parole twice, but has been quickly denied, leading many to speculate he's going to serve the full life sentence. Paul Bernardo's going to die in jail. Uh, and a, a taxpayer burden in Canada. Just saying. Oh, Go ahead, John. You said what? 
a taxpayer burden in Canada. Well, you know, they have a the maple syrup industry still thriving, so they'll, <laughs> they'll be fine. But despite all the public outrage over this, and trust me, like Canada was lit the fuck up. The, Canada hates Carla Hamalka. The people of Canada, the gut, the, the the way Canada is, didn't let this shit down. It was red tape. People willing to cut deals too quick. And then, of course, obviously, Bernardo's attorney fucking holding on to shit, being like, I don't know what to do with it. Obviously, there was some some gross incompetence there. Uh, but Carla was released from St. Anne de Plaines prison on July 4th on uh, American uh, Independence yeah, Day. Yeah, I was about to say the American Independence. The All day right. of our independence and the day set of a great movie where Will Smith defeats aliens. Uh, she's released. And she actually ended up marrying Thierry wow. Bordelais, the brother of her lawyer. And they had two sons and one daughter. And as we said, she's completely identity changed, all that stuff. Wow. There was a lot of shit going on to track her down. She was tracked down a couple of times and yada Can I yada. say this, though? That's the manipulative nature of this fucking chick. Like, she literally won over the brother of her fucking lawyer. Was like, hey, you should breathe with me. Yeah, what? my lawyer was so good, I'm going to fucking marry you. I oh got 12 years for committing three fucking murders. Turns my goddamn stomach. So, yeah, if you if you know anyone who's actually from Canada, uh, you know, and it's been around there long enough, I mean, Carla Hamolka, that is a very well-known thing up yeah. there because... She, it's tough that you can't say she got away with it because she did go to jail, but she went to jail for 12 years. Meanwhile, her accomplice is, he's going to fucking rot in jail. And they were both just as guilty in the tape. She had the opportunity. She had the opportunity to live a semi-normal life by changing her identity and disguising herself. Well, and she been, when she got out, she bounced around uh, Canada, and then I think she was like found out, and she ended up going to somewhere in South America. I don't know if she married uh, Thierry Baudelaire prior to that, during that, or whatever, but it is fairly well known now that she's back. She's living in Quebec. She has a completely different identity. Like I said, you know, she's the fact got... that she's able to leave uh, to live any kind of. Um, uh, semi-normal life outside of what she even did to her own fucking sister. Yeah. Her first fucking crime, fuck her. Yeah, I no, and, and what fucking identity she's under, fuck her. And no one has any kind of love loss for fucking Carla Hamolka. Every, I mean, it's pretty well known. And I feel horrible for her kids. People, if well, they ever find out who they're. Oh mom yeah, is, now if that happens, that yes. is fucking trauma. Yeah, but as far as like on like a, a like. In a mainstream way, people know Paul's a monster, but he's serving time for being a monster. Meanwhile, his accomplice, who's just as much of a monster, yeah. is out there running free and living her best life. And getting and, to, she's allowed to dish out more trauma on the next generation. Oh man, I I I really do so not look forward to seeing those date kids. Date anybody from Canada or South America? No, no, no. Certainly, just out of fear. No, South America. I think they're fine. Canada. I mean, Quebec's the part well, that's all white snooty. Boat from South America. Right, but Quebec's that snooty-ass part that tries to speak a lot of French, and you can kind of tell that even their French is kind of broken. So that makes sense for Carla to be held up there, but 
Yeah, Joe, that's the story of the Ken and Barbie killers, Carla Hamalka and Paul Bernardo. Not the highest body count by a long goddamn shot for us. But, but still in the level all, of depravity. It's all the aftermath. Yes. Right? Like, it's fu- it's fucked up. We've been doing this long enough to where you're just like, oh, here's the crimes they committed. And you're like, oh, that sucks. Like, that's terrible. And yada, yada, like, that's really bad. And then. You find out one of them got away with it, and then you get enraged. Yeah. And that's the way ours is. It's like, you know what? That sucks they killed those people, but how dare she live a life afterwards, that stupid bitch. But yes, everybody, that concludes the episode. The, 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 I won't, it's not a comeback. It's a welcome back. Yes. Cause a lot of y'all have hit us up. So, yeah. Thank y'all so much for your support. Yes. While I personally had to take that break, Jonathan didn't. He just took it with me, but thank y'all so much. But your boy took notes, and we got the notes. Yes, he did. He held the the shit down. We got the notes for the next Spread the Dread. I'm not going to say anything about it, because I don't know when it's going to happen, but it is a motherfucking doozy. We don't have to give it a time. We can just say it is about... It is about the No Limits pedo Peter Scully. If you don't know what No Limits... Sorry, I said No Limits pedo, not Master P. Um, (laughs) It is No Limits Fun pedo peter scully and if you don't know who peter scully is definitely you're going to want to keep checking your notifications yeah make sure if you're on if you're on spotify you are subscribed to us the same thing no matter what your main platform is so that you get the updates when we post again but yep that's wrapping this Uh, one up joe yeah it's wrapping up but i will say this i i'm gonna cut john off this the next one is gonna it it really has always fucked with me really bad yes not outside of the subject matter but because it happened in my mom's home country of the philippines yep and it is a common thing that really touched a nerve i would i would have to say that i i mean and i mean you guys know we love the fucking dread yeah so i I won't say a hundred percent but the next episode is going to be either the darkest or in the top three darkest subject matters we've covered. And again, I, I don't want to say when because you, we're still on that break. We were just really happy to be able to cut this one for you. I we find and we're able yeah, to I find Paul Bernardo and Carla, Carla Hamolka very interesting and it's honestly nothing to do with paul bernardo in comparison to what we're about to cover yeah but just but but the big thing to take away is what carla was able to get away with and all of that stuff so that's the episode joe yes that's the episode we got it done the ken and barbie killers paul bernardo and carla hamulka god almighty we missed y'all so much yes but we appreciate y'all understanding you know we've all got shit going on outside of here but we wanted to hurry up and get something done to prove to you the dread ain't dead you'll never stop the fucking dread we may take a siesta we may take a nap and all that shit but the dread's not going anywhere we love doing this with y'all yes. and we love all of our fans so tremendously much thank, thank y'all, y'all for, for the support yes thank you for reaching out all of y'all that was reaching out asking joe about how school's going <laughs> reaching out and making sure everything's okay everything is okay it's a legit reason why we're doing this we are not going anywhere and i just fucking love our dreadheads joe <laughs> i do too i really do you bunch They're of wonderful. sick you bunch of sick fucks 
I fucking absolutely love it. So we hope y'all enjoyed this episode about Paul Bernardo yes. and Carla Hamalka, the Ken and Barbie killers. One last time, Joe, if they want to connect with Spread the Dread podcast, what's the one-stop place they should go to be able to handle all that? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. And remind them one last time what they're going to find there. You're going to find direct links, the most popular uh, podcast streaming applications, as well as our YouTube our bit shoot, our donations, and as well as our merchandise store. Yep. And so if you want to rep us and, and my designs, fucking hit the store up. Yep. And you'll also find direct links to our Facebook and to our IG. Oh, yeah, we I always, love y'all. I always, I always forget the social media. You do. You do. <laughs> but we love y'all to pieces. Yes. I really hope we have the next episode up before heathens like us celebrate Xmas or whatever the fuck everybody else does at the end of the year. But in keeping with tradition and as always, I'm John and I'm Joe. And this has been a brand new episode of spread the dread podcast. And we hope you have a good morning or a great night, no matter what time of day you're listening to this. And in the words of our man, Jack Torrance, why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?